Good morning, everyone, and thank you so much for being here. Uh, good morning to Astounding Love as well. You know all the particulars, where we are, and so forth. We're going to be, uh, this is Biblical Solutions for Life, session one. And typically we go through a lot of slides to have this conversation. And um, there's a number of things that are kind of rolling around right now. So what I'm going to be doing is just following where, go where Holy Spirit wants to. We are going to uh, use some of those slides, but if we don't get through them, it's actually fine. We'll, we'll get through, you know, we'll, we'll do what, we, what he wants to do. And so we thank you, sir. Thank you so much for the incredible words that you speak and the things that you say and the ways that you move in us and live in us and have your being in us. And I thank you for warnings and for dreams and for visions and for, and for words in season. I thank you for the power of your word that is always present. That you, what you're telling us is no matter what the experiences of life, and I love the way you gave it to me yesterday, God has a word for that. God has a word for that. This is going on, and this is going on, and this is going on. God has a word for that. Here is a situation, a scenario, something that I'm experiencing. It seems like it could be borderline traumatic. God has a word for that. The situation with my finances, God has a word for that. The situation with family, God has a word for that. The situation for whatever, for, for, for dreams, for visions, for, for new things to do, God has a word for that. God has a word for that. And the thing about it is God said those words before the scenario, situations, circumstances, emotions, um, feelings, happenings, before any of it ever manifested, God had already spoken. And this is the power of your word. This is the power of your name. This is the power of your presence, of your blood, of everything about you. This is the power of your kingdom. Your kingdom come because your kingdom has every answer for every circumstance, situation, individual, country, nation, uh, city, state, government, whatever it may be. God has a word for that. And that's how we live our lives. No matter what, what comes, we say, I don't have the answer, but God has a word for that. I can get the wisdom that I need. I can get the understanding that I need. I can get the answers that I require. I don't have to be, you said it through your son this morning, I don't have to be anxious for anything because God has a word for me. And I thank you that this morning, we choose to receive the engrafted word of God, the abiding word of God that enables us, that blesses us, that equips us, that changes us, that clarifies things for us, that actually defines us, the words that you have said. You said, I exalt my word, even above my name, because your name is your word, and your word is your name. And you exalt, you, you exalt that which has said, which you hover over, hasten over, brood over, manifest yourself. Yes, yes. You cause your word 
to come to pass because not only does God have a word for this and that and the other, but you are the word. And so I bless you today. We praise you and we thank you. We glorify your name, magnify your name, magnify and exalt you, giving you glory, giving you praise, giving you honor, worshiping you, thanking you, praising you, rejoicing in you, laughing with you, dancing in you, oh gosh, waving to you, exalting you, acknowledging you, yielding to you, submitting to you, bowing to you, glory, 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 embracing you and your word and your name and your goodness. I thank you, Father. Thank you for a glorious, glorious, glorious day. Yes, yes. Thank you. Yes, yes. Thank you. I remember what your servant, Smith Whittle's words that work said when they asked him um, how he was doing. And he said, I don't ask Smith Wigglesworth how he's doing. I tell him. Today is a glorious day. Yes. Today is a glorious day. Amen. Amen. Well, um, we'll see what we got. I know it's biblical solutions for life, and I know we're going to see a picture of a Bible, and it says kingdom culture leads to powerful, manifested life changes. I'm a witness. Are you a witness? Yes, I am. You know, kingdom culture leads to powerful, manifested life changes. There's a scripture I heard this morning on my way in, and it caught me. It caught me so much, I had to stop the tape I was listening to, and I had to pray. Pray some things through. Press some things down. Because it really struck me, the, the picture. Uh, there's a few scriptures that, we, that we're going to look at today that, that are kind of affecting that. But this one, um, we're going to talk, talk about this in the course of the, what, the, what it is in the kingdom. I have to find it because I was only listening. And sometimes when people give scriptures, if I'm not writing, I don't actually hear the reference. I just hear the words that they said. Kingdom culture, it says, leads to powerful, manifested life changes. Now, those life changes that we're talking about are changes from a life that we existed in before we came alive. The changes that the powerful, manifested life changes of the kingdom always bring the goodness of God, the power of God, the presence of God, the will of God, the name of God, and all aspects of who he is. This is the change we're talking about. It's not simply moving from one neighborhood to another. It's moving your whole life from one way of being into, an, uh, into the only way it works. The kingdom is full of absolutes. It is absolutely the only place where you will have true success. It is absolutely the only place where you will have eternal life, um, um, heaven on earth life now. It is absolutely the only place where only one word source reigns, where there is only one king uh, over all, where there is only one source for success, only one name by which you can be saved, by which you break through one blood, one name, one, one spirit that we come into the unity. It is an absolute place. And yet, in spite of all of that, it is, it is the least restricting place you could ever be. It is filled with liberty. 
Because the spirit that rules, the ruling spirit of the kingdom, he said that wherever he is, there is freedom, there is liberty, there is joy, there is victory, there is breakthrough, there is everything that you need, not only for you, but the generosity and the overflow and the abundance of the kingdom and such, that it flows out of you, out of us, into other people. The kingdom is the only is, is the happening place, and it's the place where you really want to be. But when you don't know what the kingdom has and what the kingdom really is, and it just sounds like another kind of thing. And, it, and, and to, But when the truth of what the kingdom is and who the king is and how he reigns and how he trains you, there's no jealousy in the kingdom of God. There is no, no, there is no competition in the kingdom of God. There is only an exp uh, increasing, increasing abundance and overflow of your life and my life or our lives and what we were brought here into the earth to do, there is success in the kingdom. There is identity in the kingdom. There is um, clothing in the kingdom. You're clothed in your right mind. And, and there's a stripping away of everything that ever hindered you, halted you, denied you, diminished you, or crushed you. You see, only the kingdom of God builds people up. He says that love, love edifies, love builds up. Knowledge puffs up, but love will edify. It will break away from us and break off of us every vestige of worthlessness. The kingdom gives value. State has, has established a value. You are worth blood. Not just any blood, but the blood of God, of his son. And this is the value that is upon every single individual on the planet, whether they ever receive the understanding of that or not. This is why there is no such thing as a worthless life. There is no such thing as a throwaway person. There is no such thing as one um, ethnic group or uh, skin tone having superiority over another or one always being destined to be downtrodden because of the neighborhood, because of the, the lack of education, because of the, the um, lack of opportunities. See, in the kingdom, the equality comes by way of blood. It comes by way of a name. It comes by way of the king. And so everyone, it's an all in. And if you're going to come in, come all the way in. It's not a revolving door type of thing. It changes your life. Powerful manifested life changes of which I can say I testify because the very words coming from my mouth right now had to come from having a change from all of the poor mouthing and all of the, the sad stuff and all of the continuous seeking for another opportunity to be rejected or seeking for another opportunity to be feel worthless. You know, when a victim goes someplace looking to be victimized, at least that's the way I used to do my victim. When I was do, doing victim stuff, that was the way I did it. I had to keep setting it up, setting it up so I would be mistreated again. Set it up, set it up. So they would say the things that were guaranteed to scar me and to, to make me feel bad and to, or they didn't make, but that, so I would feel bad and so I would feel worthless and so I could feel sorry for myself and then I could go and indulge in whatever other self-destructive thing I wanted to do. But the kingdom changes that. And that's no longer, not only is it, it I'm not going to say that it was appetizing, but it was what I was used to. But the kingdom changes your taste buds. And all of a sudden you think, you know what, I don't have a taste for victimization. Not to be one and not to victimize anybody else. You see, those are some of the powerful life changes. It's like, well, what else can the kingdom do for me? It's like, what do you need? 
because I guarantee you the king has seen it and he's already got it ready. Whatever you're experiencing, God has a word for it, you see. So this is what we understand when we say that kingdom culture leads to powerful, manifested life changes. And also when we say kingdom-like application, that this is what we are doing. We're applying things. We can go to the next one. We're, and we're talking about covenant vision. And we are going to talk about it, but we're going to look at some of the things that um, change what the covenant vision is, how it changes you from something that you may be currently seeing. Sometimes what happens is we can, we can speak all these things that the Lord has said, but we can't see it. Because we feel, feel, say feel, feel, like we don't know where to look. And like we don't know where to start. And it actually starts with words. It starts with what God said. And it also, it, the start is a continual it's not just a one-time thing. It's always, the, the start is always working for you. The beginning of the thing and the finish of the thing. He says, this good work I began in you, I bring to a completion, I bring to an expected end. I take it from, you, give, you get the start, I get your hand, I, can, I will bring you through. It starts with the first step, which is faith, but it also starts with the first step, which is speaking, and it also starts with the first step, which is believing, and, and somehow all of these things work together in this first step in different degrees of it. I'm thinking of a, a popsicle that was very famous when we were kids, and was called a, I don't know what it's called, it was, it, well, one was a missile. The missile was a multicolored sherbet yes. thing. It was pink, and it had orange, and and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And man, that was absolutely, that was a, tw a 15 cents or 25, it went up. But that was the one, the it 10 cent one. one, then a 15 cents and 25 cents. And if you're old enough to remember that, you, you got an idea of, of history, okay? Now that was one, but there was another one called the Atomic Blaster. The Atomic Blaster was red, white, and blue. Yeah. It had, my gosh, these people ate these popsicles. <laughs> It had the red, if I'm, if I'm remembering, the blue was, was it the blue on the bottom and the red on the top and the white, I know the white was in the middle, but I think it was blue on the bottom, white, and it was just this, it was shaped like a little missile of sorts, you know, and um, so the bottom part of it was what you were trying to get to, because these things, you know, when you started working on them, they always got real thin at the top, and then you had to work your way down, but that atomic blaster or the missile kind of gives me an idea of what a start is like. It has all of these good ingredients all mixed in. And so when you start, when you taste of the kingdom, you're tasting of the faith, you're tasting of the goodness, you're tasting of the blessing, you're tasting of all the good stuff, and it's all just mixed in there, and yet it's also in an order. You know, it has the royalty, it has the purity, and it has the blood. So all of these things are components of what kingdom life is like. And how the start always, uh, the start is good, the middle is good, the end is good. Even when these situations or something don't appear to be good, because we have the understanding, no, God has a word for that. Every obstacle can be bypassed. Every challenge can be met. Every um, hindrance can be moved. There's nothing. I mean, we, we have the mountain-moving strategy. We have the walk-on-water strategy. <laughs> we have the fish um, gold-in-the-fish's-mouth strategy. 
We've got the uh, multitude, feed the multitude strategy, throw a party kind of strategy. We have giving. You see, in the kingdom, we have the, the, the protocols, if you want to call them that. But, you know, we have... Um, we have assistance. We have invisible assistance that will show up and be even seen when necessary. The angelic, the heavenly, the word, the spirit of the word. We have that. We have everything that pertains to God's life, the godly life. This is what we have in the kingdom. And but what we have missed out, or why sometimes we've missed it, is because we have had a lack of awareness of what we have. And what we are not, what we are allowing that we do not have to allow. You see, you know that I know this. I, I can talk to any person here and you'll preach to me and, and, and tell me all the different things that you know. And so it's like, this is good. But what do you not know? What information are you lacking? Where is the blind spot? Where is the... Um, the intel that's working against you, where's the mold that is tearing things up, that's, that, that you have right alongside of you, that you have gotten so used to, that you fail to understand it's actually not a part of the kingdom. Sometimes it's habits. Most of the time, it, it, it can be a habit, but it's, it's typically the way you think about something, the way you think about yourself, the way you say you were trained to do stuff. The power that our mouths give to the wrong influences. The power that we give to a, a, a past event. Something that happened that was traumatic or didn't even happen to you. You saw it on television or you heard about it or it's been passed through the generations as a story and an accounting or something. But it's something that has been given more power than God's word. And it actually doesn't have it. So it feels that it owns you. Once upon a time in America, I used to go to nightclubs. And one of the things, because I grew up in a time when I watched TV shows where there were strange murders, I was always nice to people, even when I wanted to make them go away. But I, I was always very, I was not one to get in their face and tell them off. I, I got rid of them, but I just did it a little differently. But I had a situation one night where I could not figure out, I thought I was cute, and I couldn't understand why nobody was asking me to dance. Well, I didn't know that this little guy that I had spoken to when I first came in there was telling everybody to stay away from his wife. <laughs> me. <laughs> so you got this ugly little scrawny guy that every time, you know, somebody would approach, I didn't know he was doing this, but he was basically like, you know, almost like a stay away from my wife kind of thing. He was messing up my night, basically. So when I found out about it, because, you know, you hear about it, it's like, I'm not your wife. Well, you are if I say you are. Okay. 5150. Okay. Okay. So I went home. I left. I left. I left. The so-called husband? No. Some things I confront. Some things I avoid. There was information there. I was not equipped. I was in a club. I didn't have a word for that. Okay. God didn't have a word. Go home. I think I got the word of the Lord. Go home. 
get her out of there. Take her home. Go home. You know, go home. Kind of stuff like that. But it was, uh, it, what, what, what am I saying? He, 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 according to this person that had it, all I had done was say hello. But the hello for him was permission to say he owned me. I'm going on about business in the club. But this one is claiming me as his, though he had no right to do it. And until I became able to know that it's not my husband, I'm going to leave. You know, I'm, I, he can have the club. I don't want it, you know. But until I became aware of the situation, I could do nothing about it. Once I become aware of something, I'm supposed to speak what God said. I didn't have the word of the Lord. I left. I did not try to confront that situation. You understand what I'm saying? I wasn't getting in this guy's face. I didn't know what that was about. So we just left. But it, what I'm saying though, but when the demons go, stay away from my, that's my, that's, that's my, she, he, their, their lives belong to me. Their finances are under my control. Their health is my business. They're this, they're that. I own this one because they have, they said hi to me and they agreed. They didn't tell me bye. So I've been walking with them all this time, and they just consider me to be a problem. They don't see me as a spirit entity. They don't see me for the full power that I have, which increases my power, increases my influence, because they're gonna keep talking about me and how I keep bothering them, but they're not gonna be able to speak to me because they don't, they, they don't, they don't give me the credit for, being, for having the strength in their life that I have. I'm aware of these things. I'm aware that there's a problem when I eat a certain thing. I'm aware that there's a problem when I uh, watch a certain thing. I'm aware that, that certain things kind of seem to happen whenever I entertain these things. And yet you still, well, you know, it'll get better because it'll get better. No, it needs to be get, get gone, yeah, not better. The, the agreement that I have with this thing, I didn't agree with it. Well, actually you did because you never told it no. Access denied, relationship denied. Father, I come before you, we come before you now in the name of Jesus. And as, as, as I like the way Apostle Henderson says it, and every time we do this, as we stand in your courts, as we stand before you, we as a people, we say to you, there are things that I have allowed to continue in my life, and I've regarded it as a problem, but I haven't seen it as an entity, as a demonic entity. And so in the name of Jesus, now I decree, I have one owner, and that is the Holy Spirit is residing in me. I, Jesus is my Lord and my owner. You are my God. And there, I will have no other God before you. I will have no relationship with another spirit. And all of these demonic entities that I have agreed with, poverty or lack, the things you call them by what they, but what uh, by those names, I agree with what you said, and therefore I say that those agreements, those relationships, are yes, broken, are demolished, are are destroyed in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the sound, for the voice of the blood of Jesus speaking. And as I listen to what he says, he says, I am cleansed. He says, we are free. We are whole. We are separated from that thing and that we belong to him. His blood identifies us as one of his own. And we thank you for that in the name of Jesus. So I look at that. And as we're going to continue, covenant vision and kingdom extravagance. Well, right there, you've got, you have four elements that have opponents against it. Covenant, which is that blood agreement, that blood shed, blood paid, blood speaks agreement. 
that God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit made together, this walk and this 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 plan that was set into action, this this ownership, this this right to exchange, a setup to, to with God to set up to be able to give man all of heaven's resources and everything that is his, to be able to put that in the life of man and to be able to have the right to take a, to take on um, the poverty, the sickness, the disease, the things that the, 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 the things that ail us, the the the, uh, the um, lack of success, the, the lack of finance, the lack of wealth, the lack of abilities. He took all of that. He's like, I will give you the ability to dream, the ability to build, the ability to grow, to expand. I will take from you every I can't, every every I can't see, I can't imagine, I can't believe, I can't think. I'll take all of those to give you the I can do all things through Christ. And I will take from uh, as my part and crush it in the taking. Every every shackle, chain, belief, whatever it happens to be because it's so much bigger than the little packages of things. It's the whole seed packet. I'll take the ground that this junk has been going on. I'll take every weed. We'll take everything that has been a block to you, a stop to you, and then clear the path so that you can clearly hear, so that you can decisively change and grow. See, the power of manifested change is the choice, the decision made to do things the way God says. This brings about a power it come, it, that flows from the inside of us to the outside. It is the decision-making process that we have as kings and priests in this earth. That we say, when I decree this thing, when I decide a thing, this thing is established. This is who I am. This is what he said, and this is who I am. This is how I manifest. See, that's part of the power. The power is not just everything God does. It's when we say what God does, and we allow what God does, and God, what God's power to be seen on the earth, in the earth, and through us. This is kingdom extravagance. This is where your uh, limitations, the, the scarcity mentality, the limits that we put, um, you know, it's good to be wealthy, but not too much. And, and so somebody said, God gave me a number. It was astronomical. It's still just a number. You see, you're thinking earth terms. Whoa, what a big number. God's not thinking that way because it's like, it's just a number. There is no limit. Really, truly, it's not just a cool song Joshua Mills sang. No limitations in the spirit. There are no limits. It's like, well, um, this one needs $5 million. This one needs $500 million. This one needs uh, five, some other kind of alien dollars. And this one just needs $5. You know, and you're thinking, well, I just tried to get $5, but with all these other people standing in line trying to get all this other money, I don't think God's got enough. He's like, see, I don't think like you do. I don't even think that way. He, if, if he's talking percentages, a tenth of something, a tenth of a whole, do you have any idea how vast his resources are? He's like, a, a, a tenth of what I gave you, but I've always got more to give because I don't run out of anything. This is why the start is always perpetual. There's always something new starting. And so it is, while this is going in motion forward to this stage, this stage, this stage, something else is growing, starting now, moving, 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 because the soil shifts to accommodate the seed. 
Remember that. And so what is happening is this caused an overflow to plant this. And this, when this was planted and seeded and began, it caused an overflow of this. So that it's wave upon wave upon wave upon wave upon wave of things that continue to flow. Um, I have this, this, this book that just came out. And they said that the royalties for it start um, in June. Well, starting in June, what that means for any, any bookseller is, is, okay, every single month the book will sell. Every single month he will cause more to come. So the, the royalty, it's wave upon wave upon wave upon wave. Somebody started it in this month and told somebody else in the same month, but they bought it in the next month. And so it moved for that one, and they told, and it moved into the next one. And it always has a start but it also always has continuation when the seed is planted in him. And I'll talk about that, the, that part of first week um, next week. But what, I, because what, we're, but what we're saying is that you got to, meaning me, you, whoever wants it, you're going to start thinking the kingdom is the most exciting place to be. And that the things that happen in the kingdom don't happen everywhere else, but they will happen everywhere else when I get in the kingdom and make it happen. I in the kingdom, me in the earth, meh, whatever happens, whatever happens. And that was how I was, kind of case of Rasara. I'm a victim, so things always happen to me. Uh, Charlie Brown ain't got nothing on me. I mean, you know, because I am really brown, and my story is a lot different from his. And my people were this, and this happened to me. And when I was a little girl, and then when I got older, and then this happened. And these kids even stole my bubblegum money when I was a kid because I was innocent, and I didn't know. And you can just go on and on and on and on with these little sad stories of things that happened to you. Or you can shake it off, take those things down, and move into the kingdom, and all of a sudden, it's the demons going around. I was trying to steal from this person, and all of a sudden, this angel just slapped me upside my head. And then I was over there, and I was going to bring, trying to get this guy to kill somebody, and all of a sudden, all these police cars came, and then these angels started flashing lights, and then I got, and then I was, I had this thing built, you know, where they were going to get this big scheme, and I was going to get to steal everybody's money, and somebody came along with this angel and told them what I was doing, and it just took it down. The demons will be the ones complaining about what these, these, I wish I could just call them Christians, but they're not. They're kingdom citizens, and they know it, and, and they're letting angels work with them, and it's not fair, because we used to be able to come over and all the angels were sitting up there looking like, we'll work for any, you know, we'll work for faith or something, and, and now, now, no, they, they can't even do those little signs anymore, because these people coming angels are like, oh God, you ain't got, you're not, you're not on the list, get up, carry on. It's like all our access, this church thing, this whole thing of the body of Christ starting to do, to act like him, they are really causing problems for us. Now, devil, what are you going to do about it? Because you call yourself the boss. I like that, but I'll take that. See what I mean? It's like this. This is, this is who we are. We can cause a problem. We cause a problem for darkness when we stop thinking that darkness is the problem. Hallelujah. We don't think about the problem. We're solution-oriented because we carry the solution. Oh, God's got to work for that darkness. Flip the switch. Turn on the light. Ah! You know, I'm exposed. Yes, you are. Now, the, the, the human has a choice to either run with the demon or to stay put and to start pressing into God. This is awareness. I'm aware that in these areas, I'm going with God. In these areas, 
I, I'm, I'm sitting on the fence. I haven't quite made the decision because it, it might, it seems like a lot of work. It seems like it's going to require some massive changes and, you know, that stuff. Uh, I resumed my workouts this past week. And it was so cool because I, I a couple weeks before, I just didn't want to wake up. You know, you go to sleep, it's like, ah, okay, I've got, woke up, I did the prayer, kahasha, of course, yes, yes, thank you, Jesus. Okay, I'm back to sleep, the call is over. I wake up, my alarm goes off, it's like, oh, for what? I, you know, okay. There was no decision. So the things of old were reaching out, you know, like little love taps. Just want to just stroke your cheek and see, hey, you, you want to get back of me? You know, I know, I know my teeth got knocked out, but they'll come back. And yeah, I know that, that this is happening, but I, I you want to come back with me? Because the, the, the longer you hang with me, the better I'll start looking. No. So I'm going to get up, and I did. And once I started, once the sweat started, it was like, gosh, this hurts. This is very painful. I'm happy. I really was. I noticed by the end of the week, it's easy to wake up, easy to get up. Why? Blood's flowing. Yeah. Wherever blood flows, there's freedom. There's still the oh, tears. Yeah, blood yes, yes. flow. And I'm doing what is normal for me. Moving towards victory is my normal. Yes, yes. Okay. Not that I don't already have victory, because I do, but moving to the place where it's manifested. Where, I, where you put the banner that says here, there's another piece of ground that I took. It's normal for me to win. We heard this teaching when we were uh, going through some of the training that would be happening here later, um, but where the man of God, when he was told somebody had prayed for had died. And his comment to that was, that's interesting. And later they heard the story that, no, the man's not dead, he's alive, and this and this and this, and all these great testimonies, and many in the village are coming to the Lord because of this guy. And the man of God was asked, why, why did you say, when I told you he was dead, you, your comment was, that's interesting. He said, why did you say that? And this man of God, who is about my age, and he's just an ordinary looking person, um, you know, doesn't, is not like seven feet tall with, with rippling muscles and so forth, but he looks like that in the spirit. Because what his comment was, he says, because I'm not used to losing. I'm used to speaking the word of God and seeing people healed. I'm used to speaking the word of God and seeing people delivered and wholeness. I'm used to speaking the word of God and seeing people prosper. I'm used to speaking the word of God and seeing the word perform itself. And so you, when you come to me with something that the devil did, I'm not used to losing. And I want to pre uh, present to us that the, the agreement with sometimes I win and sometimes I lose is a demonic agreement. It is not a God thing. Well, sometimes God loses. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Yeah, sometimes it does look like he has. But he didn't. You see? And you and I saying, here, let, let me show you what I mean. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. One of the ways that we've done that, you've been received a healing for something, or you received a, a, a turnaround uh, in something, and then it looks like it's reverting. It looks like it's going back to the demonic, the devilish, the darkness, the what, the ordinary thing that it, that it was, what you were used to be, 
And so you'll make a statement, you have made a statement of such, I'm, I, I believe that I, you'll never say this again. I thought that God had, but I guess he didn't. I thought that I was healed, but. I thought that this was going to work, but. I thought that this had changed, but. But I only thought, here's the finish, but I only thought that for as long as I could see it. And we're using the wrong eyes. It's not what I see in the natural. It's what I see in the spirit that I speak into the natural. By way of the supernatural. The supernatural word of God. The word that has superior nature. Is superior in nature to the things that I see in the regular nature. The superior words of the king, the one that established, the established words of the one that created the heavens and the earth, and the earth became the one that, that he, he said, I bring chaos to, um, I, bring, I bring order to chaos, I bring chaos to, to zero. So regardless of the, you know, some people in the body say, we, we, we agreed with what he said, no, this thing, this thing, it's dead. Others say, no, it's still living and it's expanding. So what it is is a campaign to try to get you to keep speaking life to a dead thing. This is not, and you have resurrection power, the ability to resurrect anything from your tongue because the spirit of the Lord, of, of, of the, Lord the resurrection power himself lives in you. Our words have the power to resuscitate and to bring things back. And so the adversary says, well, I want you to keep saying this thing, keep crowning it, keep crowning it, keep saying the same things about it, say that it's getting worse, say this about it, say, no, I say it's dead. Yes. Period. And it does not matter how many times it looks like, well, the reports, are, I don't care what those reports are. Let me tell you the truth. Intel is intel. It has to be filtered. It has to be examined. It has to be, as Apostle Jones would say, um, uh, what did he say? Um, something but verify. What was the first part of that? Trust but verify. Trust but verify. No, we don't just accept it. Not when somebody that's not speaking for God says it. Who are you speaking for? What army do you represent? What do you mean? Are you are you for are you for us or are you against us? And I don't care if you if you're born again or not. Who do you speak for? You see, and then, and then oh, and here's the other. Another way, you know, see, I told you this thing was going to come back. I told you that this thing was going to get us. I told you that we were going to lose the money. I told you, I told you, and you're proud of, <laughs> of the devil working so well in your life. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it is. Wow. So let's look at the scripture, Proverbs chapter 6. See, I'm preaching like Dr. Baker today. I got one slide that we just stuck on. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 6. Okay. This now this is fun. I'm taking let me just take you into some let me take you into some history of my life. Um when I first started uh going to church, I because I was saved and then I still lived I, I was saved in January, on January thirty first. And I was still living in the place where I was and still kind of I Things started changing right away, but you know, uh, I hadn't quite come into the "I'm going to be good" part 
but it was just, I felt something, but I didn't know what it was. And so, you know, you feel clean for a little while and then you start getting dirty again. And that's what was happening with me. And um, it culminated in um, a date rape. And then it was like, my mama said, come home. So I left Los Angeles and came back up here and started living with her. And she was learning things in the Bible. And I, I mean, it's like, wow, this is weird. I'd never seen real Christian people. Or I had never seen people that actually did the Bible thing like this. My grandmother always read her Bible. My grandmother was very faithful with her Bible reading and her prayer time and her and her worry time. I mean, she had all of the things kind of worked out, but she had, but she did start the day with God and she ended the day with God. The worry was in between. Um, and um, and uh, you know, and she would give advice, and she was she was wonderful, and, she, and all her other stuff. But coming to live with my mom, and then having them clear a room and, and make room for these people with uh, projectors or whiteboards or something, and teaching, and they're turning this into a thing where they're all this weird music, and and I'm like, what is all this? You know, I, I had never heard this kind of music. This this. Church. This wasn't gospel. This wasn't that stuff. I, I knew this was something different. And they're lifting their hands and they're doing stuff. And I was like, what have I gotten into? I'm serious. That, that was the first thought. But I, I started listening. And it started to change things for me. And they were talking along the lines of, you can and you can have. And God says. And I'd never heard any of that before. And so it caught me. And then so as I started to listen to it, it, it started to... I became one of those people, basically, is what happened. And I'm, I'm very happy to be that. One that started knowing I get to worship him, and I get to talk to him, and that he'll talk to me, and that prayer is, is a conversation. Sometimes it's petition, sometimes it's this, but there are times of meditation and quiet where he, the spirit of God himself, will speak to me. First he speaks, he speaks in his word, and even if I hear him talk, then his word corresponds with and, and verifies what he's yes, saying. Yes. He never tells me, you know, something that I can't see and hear. And so, and I'm going to say that to you that are listening too. You say that this is God talking to me and this is God talking to me, but you can't find what God, what this so-called God is saying to you. You can't find it in the world you can't find it in here, then you have the right to reject it. You have the right to ask the Holy Spirit, will you clarify that this is you, and if it is not, I tell this thing to go. And it's time for you to start exercising that power and stop accepting the fact that you only hear from God and that the devil has never spoken to you. Because every single one of us, no matter who it is, there are times that Satan tries to talk to us. We don't talk to him. We talk to the Holy Spirit and then we use the words that he has spoken and the devil has to flee. So I want you to understand you don't answer to the devil. You don't owe him an explanation and you don't owe him allegiance or obedience once you have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of God's dear son. If you were born from above and you keep telling everybody the devil's after you, the devil's got you, the devil's doing this, then you better check your salvation because once you become born from above, you don't talk about the devil you talk about God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My name is Pastor Lundin Lee, and I do stand behind that message. Okay. Um, so the thing is, is that we have to recognize that you can't live with, you cannot live between the two. You and I, we don't, okay, I, I do belong to Jesus. I'm married to him, but I'm seeing somebody. 
No. I only hang out with Satan on occasions. No. No. And no. You don't. It's a, you see, somebody that Jesus did not say, I'll give part of my life for them. You know, I, I, I'm not, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of die for them. But I'm not going to die for them. Or I'll die, but I'm not going to get up. You see, it, it, it took every single step for this whole thing to work. And the other part of this whole thing working is us. The, the strength of the body of Christ is the body of Christ exhibiting the strength of God. It is not the body of Christ being passive and saying, well, whatever the Lord wants to do is fine with me, but I'm going to go party, I'm going to go do this, I'm going to do that. No, it is the, the unity of the faith. It is the people of God saying, hey, you know what? All this other stuff is nonsense, is a hindrance. I'm going to do this because, you see, the kingdom has better stuff. It's like you look in your refrigerator and you find half the remedy, half of the ingredients that you need to make something, but you don't have everything. And you happen to be on the phone with your mother and she made the same thing and she had all the ingredients. I'm going to my mother's house because the food is better there. What this same meal, but she made the whole thing. I'm going to go where the, there's better food. I'm telling you, you were trying to build a life with only some of the ingredients and trying to make something very tasty, and it's not. It's watered down and it's nasty, missing the spices, missing the excitement. But Daddy, your father, the king, and through his people has prepared the meal and the table for you in the presence of, his in, of your enemies. All of them gave tooth little demonic things looking at you trying to trying to come at you and God says sit down and dine. You got security on watch. You don't need to be concerned about it. It's better eating in the kingdom than you will ever have in the earth. It's better entertainment in the kingdom than you will ever have in the earth. It's better sports. It's better um, it's better everything in the kingdom than what you see on the earth. Everything in the kingdom. Everything in the kingdom because when we commit in the kingdom, a better quality programming, a better quality games to play, better quality um, schools, better quality healthcare, better quality comes from the kingdom into the earth. It does not come in from the earth into the kingdom. See, this is how it works. This is what everything you're saying that everything about God is better. Yes, that's it. Everything about God is better because it's the king himself, the creator, possessor of heaven and earth, who has the original blueprints for you and me and knew exactly what it is. This is covenant vision that he saw. Hey, uh, we're going to cut this covenant because I see this people and what I want to do with them and for them and through them. They will be a great people. They will be an obedient people, a choice to obey. They will be a victorious people. They will be a conquering people. They will be a healing nation. They will be a prosperous people. They will be a powerful people, a compassionate people, a love-filled people, a joyous people. These are the people of God. These are the people of God. And they don't need to pack a pop of, cor uh, pop of top and step back to throw back to get the joy. You don't have to get any of that. It's on the inside of them and in them. And they live. They, in me, they live. They move. They have their being. And others look and say, can we come into this kingdom? And we say, yes. 
Come on in. You see, that's the way it's supposed to work. So the church is moving into being in love with Jesus. Being in love with the word of God. Not the spirit of the law, but the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that has made them free from the law of sin and death and religion and so forth. This is the whole overview. He has a vision. He sees things. And it speaks of kingdom wisdom. Kingdom extravagance. Kingdom authority. Kingdom dominion. Kingdom love. Kingdom wholeness. Kingdom soundness. Kingdom faith. Kingdom everything is from head to toe. Kingdom clothing. Kingdom talk. Kingdom walk. Kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. All day long. Dominion, dominion, dominion. All day long. Success, success, success. All day long. Wisdom, vision. All of these things. Victory, victory, victory. All day long. Trumps, trumps, trumps. The devil's under your feet. All day, every day, through eternity till he goes away. That's the message. That's the truth. That's the establishing that he has. And so we're talking, learning to dream big from God's point of view. Proverbs chapter 6. He said, and this is what I was telling you in my little early life, that because I would like to sleep, my mother would come to my room gently and say to me, you know, I was reading this scripture, and I think that this is something you need to look at. So it says, go to the ant, you sluggard, and consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provides her meat in the summer, gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you sleep, O sluggard? When will you arise out of your sleep? She says this, get a little sleep, and a little slumber, and a little folding of hands to sleep. So show your poverty come as one that travels, and your want as an armed man. And I heard it, and I heard it, and I heard it, but I never heard it. I never heard it. I heard it. I mean, gosh, if you just said, I just want to get a little sleep in my head, it was a little slumber, a little floating together the hands, a little piece of sleep, a little rest. I could hear the scripture. But this morning, as I was listening, I saw something, and I saw it because of, of, a, of a different kind of studying that I do. He says, a little of these things, a little passivity as a habit, a little habit of never showing up for where your victory is, a little habit of never pursuing what you're told to pursue and instead thinking it's too much, I'm too tired, I'll do it later, uh, I got time for this. A little habit of putting God second or third or fourth behind all the things that people can't even do now, going to the sports things with their kids or um, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. All those little things, a little of that, and a little, a little of this, a little of that, a little of that, caused you to become asleep, unaware of what was traveling with you, like I was talking about earlier, and caused you to be taken to a place where you were being set up to be robbed. He says, so, so shall your poverty come. Poverty will come to you. Poverty will step up into your face. As one that travels, it moves around. And I heard of the man of God, he's, uh, well, let me finish this part. Here. And then he said, your want, what you want. And that word, that's your diminishing, the diminishing of you. The diminishing of your character, the diminishing of your sense of worth, the diminishing of your sense of value, the diminishing of your ability to expand, the diminishing of the many parts of you. This is what that word means when he says, um, your want will come as an armed man. And I saw it. 
you know, they're talking biblical times, so it's probably swords or daggers. But you've seen films where somebody was held up, where suddenly somebody turned on them with a gun, and they, your hands go up in surrender. And what happens? They take from you what you want. You are financially or emotionally and sometimes physically raped. You are stripped of what belongs to you. They take from you everything that is rightfully yours to make it their own. And they keep that weapon on you, tell you to sit, you'll sit. Tell you to get on your knees, you'll get on your knees. Put your hands up behind whatever it is. And, and the force, the, the threat of the violence that they carry because they dare, the clicking of back of, of the hammer or whatever it is, and you're sitting there and your heart is palpitating and your emotions have been stripped away. Um, all of the things, all you know is that what is in your face? Fear. Fear of loss of everything, not just your material stuff, but loss of life. And you will compromise and bow to this thing called poverty and want and lack that has shown up with a weapon because you have been set up because you've been asleep and unaware of how to protect yourself, how to speak the things, how to engage in the power that you're supposed to have. And this is what it does. It comes like that, and all of a sudden you awaken, and there's nothing. I was watching one of the things that I watch, and it was talking about getting rid of gangs. This is back in, I think, the 80s in uh, Florida, and it, it was just a very big group, and they were working with Colombian cartel and so forth. And one of the local ones, and it was in a very unlikely place, it was in Georgia, and what happened is, is the guy's on a payphone, so you know it was before cell phones, uh, and he, somebody came behind him and shot him. They knew that he kept a million dollars in a safe deposit box, and they knew that he kept the key to the box behind, around his neck. They shot him, took the thing, snatched the key, shot him again, and ran away. Well, he didn't die, but they said by the time that the ambulance was loading him up, his money was gone. That million dollars, somebody else said, all I got to do is kill him and take what belongs to him. When he earned, yeah, he earned it in a bad way and so forth. I mean, it was uh, wrongfully, rightfully, whatever. It was his. It was in his possession. But somebody else decided, I want it. And like an armed man, an armed man came, shot, uh, stole his wealth, stole his status. And then he was reduced to, to uh, hobbling around, hobbling around, um, he, he still had, he, then he became servant to some of the higher ones until finally they just arrested him. He moved and they still uh, got him, chased after him, and put him away. Okay? But and that was what? Those, those were, so it went all the way to being stripped from being so called leader with money in the cars and all the other stuff. He went from that to an orange jumpsuit or blue suit or whatever, or striped suit or whatever they got with a number uh, and, a, and a thing that says prison and bars that his life is no longer, he does not get to decide when to go outside or when to do any of it because it came, poverty came, yeah. want came yeah. as an yeah. armed yeah. man, yeah. stripped him of everything he thought he had because he was asleep to the fact that he talked too much about the wrong stuff yeah. and gave the information to the wrong people to do the wrong thing in his life. Can you see it? And this, on that, well, I'm not a gangster, I'm not a this, I'm not a that. No, you're a kingdom citizen. You are a child of God, and you're still doing the same stupid stuff. 
So it's like, now nah, we're going to become aware. Do you see? Because I saw it. And then I thought, my God. And then what happened? Oh, what happened is emotionally, you're still remembering. You're still, it came. It, I, this, is, this is where it, it's, because it's not finished with people. So this is where you see people, I got to work, 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 because we can never have, we went without, we went without, and so I got to work, I got to work. You're still working for poverty. You're working for scarcity. You're working in for the same crew. They, they got you. You see what I mean? Because the Bible says uh, that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. God supplies my need. We heard that this morning. God takes care of the need. What I need to do is get in this word and talk to the king. That's my need being met. When I talk to him about what he about what he wants to talk about to me, he takes care of the rest. And it's a lot easier than running around trying to fix stuff and make stuff happen that God can make happen with a word. God's got a word for that. See what I mean? So this stayed with me. So I prayed this because I was like, wow. Lord, I can see that I have been feeling, um, I've been feeling these things. Here's, here's what some of these words, poverty is need. Six words that are rendered poor or poverty in Proverbs. One is rush, one who is in want, or rush, in want of necessaries of life. Another word is dull, means to be impoverished and reduced. Another word is hester, means to be in want. Then the next word is ana, it means wretched. Ebion means destitute, helpless, deficient in will and wealth. And the last word is yarash, dispossessed. So that word traveler, as one traveler was talking about the idea of a highwayman, which in 19th century, 17th century, whatever, people would go in the coach and four, or the coach and six of the coach with the horse-drawn um, coaches. And the highwaymen would, would look like the people that wear a bandana and put it over their face. <laughs> and carried guns, and they would get in the middle of it and say, stand and deliver. Stand and deliver. And what that meant, and they would many times they'd shoot the, the driver because there was always somebody that would go on with the rifle that was supposed to be the, the, the security. They'd take out the security. Uh, you've seen it when you see Wells Fargo, the Wells Fargo bank. So that was the, the history behind much of that is that same thing that they, they would carry that security. We're going to get this money through. Yep. This was what Wells Fargo was talking about. That on those those coaches and there, that's how money was transferred. Uh, that was the Brinks uh, thing. So Wells Fargo was like a Brinks. Um, um, that's why even Fargo uh, security with those things. It, it had a lot. We will go far. We will go where we have to go, and we will not be stopped. That was their message. Uh, and so this was. But this, the highwaymen would say, "Stand and deliver." Get rid, you know, you have to, you're stripped of your jewels, you're stripped of your purse, you're stripped of everything of value. And if they decide that they want your coat, then they'll throw you to the side and off they'll go. So, you know, they did carjacking before cars. Six horsepower. Okay. The six horses, the four, the, the smaller cylinder, four cylinder, four horses. Yeah, they, they would do that kind of thing. All right. Because that's what the, what the power is that they were talking about. The power of six horses to move something was greater than the power of four horses to move it. Okay, or your scooter, your two horses, or your unicycle, one horse. Okay, so it was, it was, it was things of that sort. So here I was sitting here going, "Wow, 
How many of us have had that happen? We come into this prosperity. We come into this message of the kingdom. But we still think about that poverty thing as though, as though it's going to, you know, whatever. It's an entity. It's a spirit. It's not in a, an occurrence. It's, when I heard Robert Henderson say this, and I heard it again this morning, it was like, you know what? Sometimes what happens is you get duped into dealing with demons as the demons are situations instead of demons. You have the authority in the name of Jesus to speak to the demonic and tell it to go. We have the authority in the name of Jesus to break agreement with demonic um, powers and say, um, I, I, I'm going to take my, I take my position in the kingdom and you are now under my feet. I am no, you are no, no longer lording over me. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, the law of the spirit of, Christ, of, of, of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. It says it, it also there's no more condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus, to those that are called, that all of the things that Paul, Paul come into that awareness. No, this is how I used to think as a, um, as a Pharisee. This is how I used to think before Jesus. I was subject to sin. Sin was causing me to do these things. But I have come alive into the things of God. And so the things that I don't want to do, I don't do. Hallelujah. The things that I, that I don't, you will never hear me say again, the devil made me do it. Oh, you know, I was just, I just got caught up in the temptation. No, you didn't. I have authority over the temptation because that's a spirit. It is not something that I bow to. It is something that bows to the name of Jesus. You see, when we start thinking, it's like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't thought of that. Maybe you did. But um, just in case you didn't, let's, just, let's work with this for a bit, okay? So poverty comes as one that travels. And I want as an armed man, but how about if those things get in my face, but then my security shows up and says, no, you won't. Come on, then. In fact, you're going to step back, all the way back, down on your knees, down on your face, under their feet. Come on, sweetie, walk on over it. How about you start looking at these things? You don't need to find a demon in every corner, but most things, you see, are spiritual. <laughs> it may not be a, a demonic spirit per se, but it may be of an influence that comes from that, that is looking to build a place to attach to you. Now, the thing I sent out yesterday, for those of you that read it, I sent um, an email, and I also put in there two links that you were to go to to read these testimonies. And there was the one Peggy Joyce Ruth was talking about, who are you listening to? And when she, one of the things that she was saying, she said, because it, it was in the same vein, because many times you are allowing things to just, I'll get to it. If you've ever seen a piece of paper and you walk past it thinking, because I'm going to do something, but if nobody else has picked it up, when I come back, I'll get it. Well, see that delay was allowing. It didn't take anything to bend down, pick it up, and throw it away. But the ability to walk past it, the ability to walk past the dirty, uh, dirty this, the ability to just walk past or to allow it to continue without doing anything about it is the same thing in the, in the flesh, in the natural, as is done in the spirit. When it first comes up on the radar and you look at it and think, I probably should do something about that, but right now I'm busy doing this. But it takes less than a nanosecond, whatever that happens to be, to turn around and say, I deny you access in Jesus' name. That's right. That's all it takes. 
All it takes is the opening of our mouths to say what God has said. I see you encroaching. You know, if you've ever watched a bug try to come to the house, if, when, if I have a fly in my house, everything else stops. Fly swatter is out. I tell it, come over here and die. You don't get to live here. And they do. You know, they just say, no, now, well, we're going to die here. You know, because you're not going to stay in my house. It's like, but you got no. Everything stops. There is a fly. It must die. Because to me, fly is evil. It's nasty. It's dirty. It, it has no redeeming qualities. It's only here to die. I didn't ask you to come. You decided to show up. You are a trespasser. Send it out into your world. You come here, you die. Well, that seems a little excessive. Maybe so, but it's a spiritual exercise, and I don't have flies in my house. There you go. So it's like, and I mean, I went to the Dollar Tree, and I found a fly swatter for every room. I have them everywhere. It's like sometimes I've I've actually had to say, stay there. I'm going to come back and kill you so I can go get my stuff because I'm not killing you with my shoe. I don't want your little carcass under it. I'm not, you know, you got to have to choose the way you're going to die. I have the authority to do it. Get on back over here. I said you were going to die today. Fall down. And they do. I'm serious. If you have never exercised your authority anywhere else, start with the flies. (laughs) Oh, her zapper. (laughs) Okay. So, <laughs> okay, now look at Proverbs 6.12. It says, a naughty person, I like that word, I don't like the word, but a worthless, a person that works with a sense of worthlessness, a person that works with a conscience bent toward ruin or destruction, okay, to construct ruin or destruction. They will walk, a wicked man walks with a froward or a perverse mouth. Walks with a froward, um, a perverse, a crooked mouth. A crooked, wicked person walks crooked. They walk or act at, on a, a crooked is not um, a, a, a physical defect. It is talking about a bend in the thinking, a distortion because their vision, because their hearing is all keyed in to a crooked, perverse spirit. They take on the personality, they take on the actions, the thinking process, and the and, and the movements of the one that they are influenced by. And so it is, we are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. We are to take on and walk straight. And so we have, he said, straight paths for your feet. We get to walk the walk to straighten out the crooked. I'll make the crooked straight. That's what the Bible says. See, God's got a word for it. God's got a word for it. Okay? So here it is. A froward mouth. A perverse mouth. One that speaks things um, distorted. That speaks things um, perverse. Things that that don't need to be connected. Speak things that... Where's the word I want here? Twisted. They hear twisted. And so they act twisted. They act like, it, it, sometimes you, you, you and I, we might see it in, in terms of somebody under the influence of like a crack cocaine or something. But see, this is somebody that has this, can act like they're under the influence, but, and they are, but it's not a, 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 a drug, a manufactured thing. It's a demonic thing that gives them the ability to create the manufactured thing. Gives them the ability to plan to do takedowns to ruin the lives of many. These are all connected to things that Dr. Baker is a lot more qualified to speak on than I, but I'm going to talk, I'm speaking of it from the spiritual place 
so that you understand, well, what does that have to do with covenant vision? Because covenant vision can see beyond, can see the way out, can see the way to cure, that can see the way to bring people out of things, can see that speaking the words that God has said, and only the words that God has said, continually speaking that into the situation will change the situation because the environment has, has been, all this time you think, I'm saying it, I'm saying it, and I don't see anything happening. But you don't realize that the word itself is doing a cleansing. That the word is doing an atmospheric change. That the words that we speak are releasing spirits assigned to do the fulfilling of that word. To do the work that needs to take place to build something new. They're doing the Jeremiah 1 to build, to root out this, to tear down, to destroy, to do all the things so that you can build and plant. Some of the word, remember, is start, every start, every start, every start promotes or begats another start, even as it's continuing on, and they kind of glom together until they become this mighty um, organism, this living organism that in that atmosphere that crushes and pushes out everything that is not conducive, that will not contribute to the overall good the overall God, the overall manifestation of the kingdom. The word continues. It's like you've spoken into a vacuum. One word from God is enough. So what happens, he said, when you do the multiplication, when you do kingdom math, additions and multiplications, it causes a division in the enemy's camp and and a subtraction of their presence. And you start to take the ground. So every time we speak, we speak to mountains. We weaken the foundations. We yes. weaken the ability that it had to stand because the word goes to the root and it starts to work in that area like little beavers just chewing, 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 chewing on these massive trucks. But the word is constantly churning up, changing the soil. You want to uproot something, you change the soil. Because now the soil of the kingdom, weeds can't, the, the, the darkness cannot grow in there. The things of the devil cannot grow in God's soil. When we speak what God said, we're changing the conditions. We're changing the atmosphere. And the atmospheric change promotes the change of the people because the influence is different. So these things, Minister Jury nailed it this morning when he said, do not grow weary. Do not stop. Do not quit because you just got started. This party, we get to see to the finish. This party has a whole lot more. This is supercharged. This is the kind of thing that, ooh, stuff was happening up in there. You should have seen what was happening. That's what happens when the kingdom shows up. Stuff, ooh, it's going to get good now. It's going to get good. It really seriously is going to get good because the bad is going to be like, we're out of here. See, the glamorizing of sin ends. The glamour, making it glamorous, making it the coolest thing ever to be evil. No. No. That's a perversion. That's a crookedness. That's something that comes from a twisted thinking to call evil the good stuff and to call the good stuff of God to be to call it evil. It's only evil in the eyes of evil because evil's got to go. That's why. You see what I'm do you understand where I'm where I'm coming with? Okay. Um so now, let's see. Let me go through the other ones. What's the next slide? And are there any questions? Any questions? 
whether online or something, because I've been talking. <laughs> okay, let's go to the next one. So we continue to talk, vision and dreams. That's what this is. This is just the other side of it. Because I'll give you an example. I, I when I woke up probably about, I don't know, two or three this morning, something. And I had a dream. Somebody called me to tell me that somebody had died. They, you know, they were just, they're gone, and, you know, so we're going to just carry on. But it, it, it was just like, okay, I'm asleep, but I start praying. And I woke up this morning, and I said, this is not acceptable to me. And so I, I did some more praying. And um, it was like, nope, this is still not acceptable to me. Even the acceptance of a thought like that. Even the acceptance that it would be okay. Even, the, you know, all the attitudes that were, were, were showing up in it. No, none of this is okay. So, these, so it, what it told me is that the dream itself was not really about the person that was supposed to have died. It was about the person that told me. Their acceptance that somebody could just die. Their acceptance, well, you know, well, you know, they're gone now, and so we just, no. You see, their acceptance of that says there's something there that, 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 that is twisted. I, I hope I'm making it plain. It, it's, it is not, this, this particular person, it was not acceptable. It is not acceptable. And so to say that it was, and to just say, okay, well, you know, we'll just continue on. No, we will not just continue on what we're going to do. This one calls for resurrection. This calls for change in attitude because your something in you is so deeply rooted against this person or against what you think they represent that you would allow them to die on your watch and that is not acceptable. There are some things that must die, but there are other things that it's like, no, this is not except we don't move in this. You know, they go, oh, you got to pray for the person. I did pray for the, end of, for, the, for the one that they said was dead, but I prayed for the one that spoke it because of the coldness, because of the, the missing piece in them, in the, the way they said it. When you watch uh, or hear an interview or whatever, there was, somebody has um, killed somebody. And then they come and tell you that they're dead because, you know, either either you overact and, oh, I found them and it's terrible, or they tell you and you're like, you're kidding me. What? They don't even know how to ask the right questions. They try, but just there's just something that's just a little off. It's like, oh, no, oh, my God, oh, you know, oh, this, oh, that, you know, and, and it's just, you know, eventually it leads, no, they're, they don't know how to act. I'm gonna go fishing. I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna do that. Well, life carries on, and they go corrupt. They go gambling, and they go. I mean, they go do some stupid things. Praise God that I've let them continue to be stupid, so they get caught quickly, okay, and not do it to somebody else. Get caught even before they do it. Tell the wrong person so that you can be brought down. That that's what's going to happen today. Um, so <laughs> so here you are, and you think. You're doing fine, but you're tolerating demonic interference. And it messes with your vision. It messes with your vision. See? So you go back, go back to this one. So if it's messing with your vision, 
go back to your covenant. Hallelujah. That's good. That's true. Where's your agreement? What are the terms of this? According to the terms of this, does the stronger one have the vision that you need? Yeah, he does. Well, then I'm going to trade on that. And I'm going to allow these things to move me forward. Um, I want to get to these scriptures. I've got about 12 minutes. Let's go and go go down to Crystal. Take it down to Nestle. Okay. So it says in John five nineteen, Jesus answered and said to his disciples, Most assuredly, I say to you, he was answering questions, right? Let's go ahead and go over there. I went to Matthew said John, right? Thank you. Chapter 5. Okay. It says, after he had asked the man, um, or after they had lowered the guy, and, his, his, and um, the Jews were like, um, verse 10, it said, unto the man that was cured. It's the Sabbath day. It's not lawful for you to carry bed. You know, you just got healed. You don't care what they said. It's not lawful for you to do that. Well, you know what? Uh, yesterday I couldn't have done it. <laughs> this is the first day I got healed on the Sabbath, on the Shabbat, and this is my first day. And um, it's not according to your law, but it is according to the law that was released in my body called liberty. <laughs> okay. So, well, really what happened is that the sickness was the law of sin and death. And when Jesus released healing, he released the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that makes you free from the law of sin and death. And so when they told him that it's not lawful for you to carry your bed under the law of sin and death, this is not lawful. But under the law of the life of spirit and life in Christ Jesus that's made me free, this is not only lawful, this is liberty. Yes. See, because I moved from that healing, that healing moved him from under one kind of covenant and into another. Did you know when we release the healing, we're releasing our covenant into the bodies of individuals? What we've just done when we lay hands on the sick or speak and release the word is we've released the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. We have just spoken to the law of sin and death. And we let it know that there's a greater law and we're superseding your place. There's a new sheriff in town, I guess, would be another way of saying it. Every time we release the word of God, every time we release the healing virtue or any other thing, um, a, pros- a word of, of, of spoken, fitly spoken in, in a season, it says it's like apples of gold in settings of silver. We are changing the picture. Now, I've, I've prayed for people over this past month that had different types of things going on. And they weren't, you know, they kind of moved and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah. Because, see, they were so used to that I didn't preach. I simply, because my sense was the Lord said, just, just release it and let me do this. I'm going to take them on a journey. Because every day it's gradually what they would call gradually better. And I'm going to change their speech in their healing. 
how are, you know, oh, you know, the same usual aches. And then one day they say, well, actually, the habit to say the aches. Well, no, I actually, I'm, I'm not hurting there. Um, you know, well, you know, I always have to have, well, actually, I don't really need that right now. Um, well, you know how I always, isn't that interesting? I can't even remember the last time I, and the healing comes upon them. Because, you see, he changes the inside as well as the outside. Your speech many times keeps you bound to what you've been set free from. Yes. So this is what was happening here. And he told them, he said, he that made me whole. See, he, he spoke from the law of, of, of life. He spoke from the new covenant. Because he said, the man answered, he that made me whole, the same said to me, take up your bed and walk. I obeyed a different law. He that made me whole told me to take my bed. I did what the one that made me whole, I did what he told me to do. Y'all keep that law. That's basically what he said. That's right. He said, so then they asked him, well, what man is this which, which said to you, take up your bed and walk? He says, and he was healed. He that was healed didn't know who it was. For Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in place. So the guy goes, I don't know. I don't know who it was. All I know is the guy that healed me told me to take my bed up and walk. I'm going home. Thank you. Have a good day. And he's walking with his bed. <laughs> he was not going to go home and lay on it. I'm going to put you down. I'm going out. That's it. Yeah. Yes, he did. See, he had a whole different life. Yeah. But see, that word that he heard, he spoke it. He that made me whole had given wow. me instructions, wow. and I'm going to do what he said. So this law was in place. And after Jesus found him in the temple, see, he went to the temple. He got healed, and he went to the temple. That's huge. And he said to him, Behold, you are whole. You are made whole. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come unto you. And the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus that made him whole. Now people think that when he said, sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you, that the man was sick because of sin. That's not what he was saying. What Jesus was saying is because you're whole, don't go back the way you used to live. He was saying to this man, not only are you free from the, the, the limitations, from the debilitating diseases, but you are now free to live a very different life. You're free to stay in the frame of mind where, you can, where you've been made whole. This word whole, he didn't say just heal. He didn't say now that you were healed. He said, you are healthy, you are well, you are true in doctrine, and you are sound. That's what he said. He said, now that you're true in doctrine, now that you're sound, now that you have this new thing, this new beginning, don't go back to what you used to do. Don't go back to what Dr. Baker just said. Don't go back to the law. Don't go back to the law of sin and death. Because if you do, it would be glad to have you. He did not say your you will call, you your you will sin and you'll get sick. That's not what he said. He said you don't have to ever go back to what you used to be. 
you are whole. That's what he tells us. That's the message of the kingdom. And so the man departed, you know, Jesus, it was Jesus. And therefore, the Jews decided to persecute Jesus and sought to slay him and so forth. But Jesus answered, verse 17, he, he told them, my father works hitherto, or here, you know, he works during this time, and I work. So whatever my father is doing and saying, this is what I'm going to do. I do the work of my father. I don't do what you tell me. I don't work my father's works according to your understanding. I do it according to the vision of my father, the way he sees it. The, see, covenant vision is seeing things from God's point of view. And so even when it looks, if it looks distorted, keep looking. Keep saying, you know what, Lord, I need to see this better. I, I'm not seeing what you said. I'm not seeing what you said. Well, you don't walk away and go, I guess it didn't work. You say, so I'm going to keep looking until I see. Hallelujah. Well, that might take some time. you got eternity. Do you understand? So here, verse 19, it says the, the Jews sought to the Lord to kill him because he not only had broken the Shabbat, their law, the way they did it, but he had also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God or making himself part of God. And it says, so Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do. For what things soever he does, these also the son will do. I'm going to leave it there because we're about out of time. But really, look to see. Covenant vision is about seeing it from the covenant, seeing it from the through the, by the, through the blood of Jesus, seeing it according to how God said it, not according to how man interpreted it, seeing it from love, seeing it from the willingness of God for you to be everything that he sent you here to be. Um, I invite you to join us again in, uh, at 1145 when Minister Dury and Dr. Paper will be bringing forth the message of the afternoon. But it's, we're staying in this thing of saying, please, we're coming to the end of, of something, but you need to step into something new. Don't plan to go back to what was not working. Plan to step into the, the words that you've already spoken that have created a pathway and words that we continue to speak to, to do the things that we do to, to change this world and to bring it into the love of the king. So I thank you so much for joining us today. There aren't really any notes. Um, I'm not posting anything uh, today. Just read the ones from before. We'll, we'll follow it the way the Spirit of the Lord wants it. But this is what I believe he gave for us to have for this morning. So I thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we'll see you in the afternoon. All right. All right. All right. Thank you.